Hello, everyone, and welcome back, back, back to another episode of Evil Man. Hey, Macarena, it's the <laughs> first episode of a brand new year, Tunti Tunti 2. <laughs> I am a co-host, Chris Locke. I'm Michael Balazzo. And I'm the third guy. I'm James Hartnett. Happy Macarena to you both. Um, Happy Macarena. Yeah, we're doing this one over Skype, which kind of sucks, but we, mm-hmm. you know, can't get together right now. Um, but it's great to see you guys anyway. We we were off for a little bit of time, and it's good to see your faces over over Skype. Yeah, I'd forgotten what you guys look like, and it's that's always sad because I consider you uh, both close friends. Huh. Uh... I can't I'm, believe we're back to not doing it in person again. We're back doing it on old Skype.com. Yes. Uh, know, hopefully not for long. You know, I I have I the thing I hate most about doing stuff on Skype is then, you know, you look at yourself and you know, I just had some hard living over two holiday <laughs> weeks and I look terrible. And I didn't know I looked terrible and I wish I didn't. I wish I hadn't you look have learned. Fine, that, man. But, what the hell are you talking about? You look fine. What the hell? Well, I look a little rough, but when you say when you say hard living, are you is it just drinking or was there other stuff going on as well? Crack, heroin. Yeah, you're addicted to porn, pornography, (laughs) sleeping outside. I was doing all sorts of pornography over the holidays. Shot a couple (laughs) movies. (laughs) Yeah. We'd shoot uh, family ties in the afternoon, and I'd run and shoot Back to the Future at night. <laughs> but there's porn parodies of family ties and a porn parody of Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, step family ties and uh, crack to the poocher. <laughs> have I told you guys? Have I told this story here before about how the first? hardcore adult movie of porno that I ever saw was a Back to the Future porno parody. Really? It was called Backside to the Future. Very Holy crap. And I was in grade six or seven. Young. And I mean, I guess it wasn't the first thing, but it was like the first thing unsupervised. I came home for lunch from school and I had this neighbor named Jake who uh, was always unsupervised. And then he was like, hey, do you want to come over for lunch? (laughs) So I asked my mom if I could. And then while we were eating, I was eating my shitty peanut butter sandwich. And he was like, watch this. And he put in the video of Backside to the Future where uh, (laughs) a guy goes back in time to have sex with his own mother and her friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um was then, it British? Yeah. I mean, backside no. really is a see, no. feels like a British turn of phrase. James, this was good old fashioned American pornography, wow. and it blew my mind. And then the rest of the day, when I went back to school, I sort of couldn't concentrate, and I just remember being like totally like all shaken up. <laughs> yeah, when you see that kind of stuff as a kid, you feel uh, disturbed. Yeah, Michael, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris. I think I did. I just Googled Backside to the Future, Mike's. Me too. It's real. Yes. Yeah, Paul Thomas is in it, who's a classic porn actor. Randy West. Yeah. Uh, Erica Boyer, Tammy White, Stacey Donovan, yeah. Sharon Mitchell, Candy Evans. Yeah. I As Orgy Girl. Hey, guess yeah. what? Paul <laughs> Thomas's character is Mr. Claypool. Yeah, I just and kept on thinking of... of- 
Mr. Claypool was on my mind when I should have been paying attention to geography. <laughs> An inventor creates a time-traveling car. Unaware of this, his wife takes the car and ends up in 1967. Confused about what just happened, she meets a strangely familiar girl, her parents, and their friends, and hooks up with them. <laughs> oh, so it's not about a guy. It's about a, a teen girl who goes back. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I get it. I mean, that's that's an that's a common fantasy. Yeah. Um, Gotta get back in time uh? to hook up <laughs> with my parents' friends. And Huey Lewis is in there. <laughs> Huey Lewis gets the BJ of his life. <laughs> yeah. Um, did I just go back in time? Nah, baby, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Some things are uh, timeless, you know what I mean? Come over here. <laughs> I forget. He was in the original movie in the olden days, right? Huey Lewis? Well, he at least did the soundtrack. Is, oh, he, just, he, he wasn't in it. He just sang the song. He was. In he Back was in to the it? Future, he's, the, he's one of the judges at the talent show. Oh, okay. Mm. And he doesn't think... Uh, I'm not sure if he thinks uh, Marty has what it takes or not. It's probably funnier if he doesn't, uh, you know? If I... Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so he, if he's in the first one then i believe zz top are in the third one which is in the wild west i wonder who yeah i wonder which musicians are in number two well that one was set in the flea flea races a car in number two right <laughs> for real <laughs> yeah flea is an actor in back to the future oh, part two man. escape from future zoo so they went <laughs> huey lewis to flea to zz top yeah <laughs> do you think that because Flea is in those movies. Do you think that that created tension within the Chili Peppers? If like Anthony <laughs> Kiedis also auditioned and Flea went and just tagged along and they're like, well, Flea, since you're here, why don't you also audition? And he got the part and Anthony didn't get the part. Do you think that caused stress within or, the group? Or Mike, what if it was a band rehearsal and Flea keeps screwing up a bass line and Anthony Kiedis is like, damn it, Flea, you're spending too much time doing Back to the Future. <laughs> I like his oh, voice. Oh, <laughs> damn it, Flea. You spend too much time in the future. <laughs> oh, future of California. <laughs> My bass player won't stop filming. Back to the future with Michael J. Fox. <laughs> oh, we go back to the future. <laughs> Slam a ding dong. Back to the future. <laughs> wing wang ding dong. I gotta get back. <laughs> Did you guys get anything nice for Christmas or whatever religious holiday you choose to or not to celebrate? Thank you for qualifying it that way. Um. Oh, yeah, Santa popped down my chimney and uh, gave me some fun <laughs> gifts. Uh, I got some jeans. <laughs> yeah, so get ready ho, for ho, 2022 ho. and me and some jeans. Ho, 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 James, these look great on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, why don't you pop off those pajama bottoms and try them on right now? <laughs> oh, ho, ho, James. After you put those jeans on I brought you, can I bite your butt cheek like an apple? <laughs> I saw James getting his ass eaten up by Santa. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. It was too long. It was a... uh, ho, ho, ho. But that didn't. So you got jeans from Santa. Yes. Hey, people um, from Ontario might remember this. Ho, ho, hold the payments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leon's uh, furniture store ad, right? Yeah. If you're not from Ontario, then you don't know how great Leon's is. <laughs> If you're not from Ontario, how would we describe it? It's a furniture store. Is the brick also only Canadian? The brick furniture store? I believe nobody beats the brick. So in Canada, how we is do the things- brick not yeah. Leon's? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? Like, I was like I, when I, I was a kid, I was like, this is all the same thing. I don't know. I'm probably revealing too much here, too much about my personal life, but uh, in my early 20s, I (laughs) dated a lady who was a member of the Leon's family, literally of Leon's. I'm not even kidding. That's amazing. James, had you played your cards right, and I don't want you to go down this path in your mind and think of what could have been, but Mm -hmm. had you played your cards right, you could have been living it up as a member of the Leon's dynasty, you know. I know. Yachts. Private jets, golden jewelry. Was her jewelry. name Dion Leon? <laughs> no, no. But Celine they were a Lebanese Leon? family that moved to Canada and created the Leon's Empire. And wow, here we are. You know, you, you can't go I've anywhere. Decided in this to move to. Uh, I've decided to move to Canada to create an empire. <laughs> What'll it be called? <clears throat> uh, Chris's place. <laughs> <laughs> well. That's so funny that you say that, James, because in my early 20s, and I don't know if I've brought this up before, I dated the uh, the heiress to the Tim Hortons fortune. That's not true. And uh, I know, Chris, you dated, uh, <laughs> you dated an heiress as well. Yes, I dated uh, the heiress to uh, Bad Boys Furniture. Nobody could get in her pants, except I tried. Yeah. No, I didn't date anybody she, from Bad Boys. It was Bad a huge Boys. family. I don't think R. she was R.I.P. Mel Lastman. We just lost Mel Lastman. This is a very yeah. Ontario-centric. Yeah. You know, um, speaking of Canadian stuff, uh, I was texting you guys on Saturday night. I watched They Live, the John Carpenter movie with Rowdy Roddy Piper. John Classic. Carpenter. That's what I said, I thought. I thought you said John Carpentry. No. Listeners, let us know. <laughs> you be the judge. <laughs> Either but, way, <clears throat> it's a classic. It was really funny. And uh, I got to say, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the way he looks, the way he sounds, yeah. it took me back to growing up in small town Ontario to every Tim Hortons donuts I went in. They all looked like him and sounded like him and probably had the same internal things going on in their minds. <laughs> and I loved it. It, w- it was like made me happy yeah. to be Canadian to see it's, Rowdy Roddy Piper in that movie. It's part of a small subgenre of, I guess, what you could call hoser sci-fi. <laughs> yes, you're, you're so right. He's also- a perfect man in that movie. Yes. Yes. He looks great when he took his shirt off. Um, the yeah. one thing I thought was very funny, though, was that it's, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, Rowdy Roddy Piper finds these sunglasses that show him, like, reality. And, you know, all the signs on stores just say, like, obey and buy more products and all this stuff. And there are these aliens secretly controlling us and making us buy stuff and live these dumb lives. And clearly it was about capitalism, but it's really funny watching it now. Because it really seems like it's an anti-vax movie because he's like this Alex Jones kind of guy is a good guy in the movie. And yeah. John Carpenter didn't know what was in store, but 
It's worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. James, how good is that uh, fight with Keith David in the alleyway? Oh, yeah. When he's trying to get him to put the shades on? I mean, <laughs> I, I feel gonna... like any yeah. podcast that has brought this up, this is well-worn territory, but mm. the the fight lasting 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. to basically try, try and get Keith David to put on the shades. It's like, <laughs> just put them on. What the hell's wrong with you? He's like, no, man. <laughs> They're not so the right mad. shape for my face. <laughs> It was so funny. They could have literally just not had the fight and just been like, hey, put these sunglasses on. Okay. Yeah. And instead, you're right. It's literally maybe 15 minutes. And it's really end- an ex- It's totally an excuse just to have like a wrestling match for Roddy yeah. Piper in the middle of the movie. Because, yeah, the reasoning doesn't help the story just, at all. It's like no. nothing. Like... It's yeah. so weird. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they also don't explain why, because he's like a... Kind of like when the movie begins, he's like a down-on-his-luck kind of drifter. He gets yeah. a job in construction work. He's in Los Angeles, and no one asks, like, hey, you're not from around here, are you? I mean, I guess I guess Los Angeles is a magnet that attracts people from around the world, so... It's um, true, though. They don't yeah. have any... You don't know anything about him. He He's just yeah. a weird Canadian guy who's in L.A., <laughs> probably trying to get work in acting. You know, I spent some time in L.A., and I have to say I had a pretty similar experience to uh, what we went through. Yeah. Yeah, TV was being giving out weird signals, and <laughs> helicopters were telling us to not go to church, or I forget what was happening there. <laughs> One of them was like, get married, reproduce. Yeah. You know, buy stuff obey so what do you think james do you think is that the main because you mentioned that in a message between us earlier too i mean uh i'm a married man with Mm -hmm. two kids so maybe i'm a little defensive but did you take from that movie that the message of marrying and reproducing is stupid and you shouldn't do it (laughs) i don't really know about that element of it but it really seemed to me like they're trying to say we're we're sort of being tricked into living these dumb lives by rich people and but we, is being married and reproducing I see a what dumb you're saying. life? I don't know. I don't actually. I don't know. Maybe that was more the sci-fi element. Maybe the aliens want that because I don't know why a corporation because it, because if babies. they get married and reproduce, then it creates the stronger, denser workforce That's for true. the alien. Or you know what? Race. If you get married and have babies, you're more docile. You've just got to like you got to keep your job. You got to keep making money to feed your kids so they can get a job and try to make money. So maybe yeah. that's it. And also that money and energy is being funneled to, yeah, the dominance of the alien race. You know yeah, what man. I found chilling? That one scene where he puts the sunglasses on and he sees the billboard and it says like, have a fight with your friend about sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> he fell for it too. Even though he saw the warning, he still walked right in there. <laughs> it's too yeah. bad John Carpenter didn't cast other 1980s wrestlers, you know? I mean, imagine ravishing Rick Rude in a sci-fi movie. Or what about Brutus the Barber Beefcake in a movie about yeah. a spaceship? He could I'm have sure put, they all um, tried. I'm sure they all tried. Jesse Ventura maybe beat uh, Roddy Piper in that he yeah. was in a higher profile hit around the same time. Yeah. Predator. Jesse the Body Ventura. I Couldn't, don't know. Why didn't he but cast... Oh, sorry. He didn't star in it like Roddy Piper did. Sorry, Mike, go. I was going to say, imagine if like Freddy Krueger could have been played by Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> and he still has the diaper on. <laughs> yeah, or Candyman could have been played by Coco Beware. <laughs> 
What about uh, the Terminator by uh, uh, um, Jimmy the Andre Superfly the G- Snooker? <laughs> hey, there's a condo across the street from me, and sometimes I can see people changing. Anyways. Oh, um, what are you seeing right now? I think I'm. that's what I might be seeing, so I'm trying not to look because I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, guys, remember... Um, uh, oh, yeah. Yes, when we recorded... After the uh, Jackie episode. Last episode, that's right, with Jackie Pirico. We, we did it at her house, and we all left the house together, and we're walking down the street. <laughs> and then I don't remember who said, look up. And I looked up. We look up in the top floor of a house in the lov- a lovely neighborhood in Toronto, these nice houses. We look up, and it's a backlit room and in kind of an attic. And we saw yeah. a heavy set naked guy, and I saw yeah. his penis. Yeah. Yeah. I saw we it, We all too. did, right? Yeah, yeah. We all did. I swear to God, I saw not it. creeps. Yeah, I swear. It was really stark, though. It was really like, damn, there he is. If you're on the street right now, yeah, there's a big naked guy. Okay, maybe we should come clean. We found a box of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when you put the sunglasses on and look up into certain windows, you can see nude heavy set men. <laughs> <laughs> but when you take yeah. the glasses off, you can only see curtains. It's not that there's aliens controlling everything. It's just that there's these fat fifty-year-old <laughs> men. And we were out there all night. We we basically got frostbite because we wouldn't move. Civilization is being ruled by fat men with wet dinkies just out of the shower. <laughs> That's actually close to the truth, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike, we didn't really talk about how your Christmas was and your holiday time. How how was right. it? Uh, no complaints. Uh, you know, got some clothes, uh, had some uh, Guinness. Um, mm. You know, it was very, very nice after a stressful year. But uh, there was a an unfortunate incident that happened at Christmas dinner. Oh, oh, oh. I want to know. So I my- want to know. <laughs> my brothers and I uh, had had a uh, a message thread going about uh, you know who was responsible for what element of of Christmas Eve dinner, and uh, I was put in charge of uh, assembling a cheese plate, and so I did some research about making like a nice cheese plate, and uh, I over like three days I got like some nice cheeses. Uh, some fruit to go to go with it. Some little like please, please name the cheeses. All right, we had a brie, we had a nice old English cheddar, and we Ooh. had a Danish blue cheese. Oh, and, um, oh yeah. Perfect. Then I got some nice uh, sort of uh, assembly of nice crackers, not too thick, uh, pretty thin. <laughs> and then I had like got honey. Um, there, my mom had little pickles and uh, pickled onions, and then I brought mm. like some pears and. Um, uh, some herbs to put it all there. Anyway, I, I spent a little bit of money, and it took a few days uh, of going to several stores to put the cheese plate together. And then I arrive at my mom's place, and what's right there on the table? She's laid out a cheese plate. <laughs> oh, she did it herself. Fuck. She did, and immediately after I said like, "Hey, Merry Christmas," I think the first words out of my mouth were like. What the hell? Why is there already a cheese plate here? <laughs> did she assign the cheese plate to you? No. See, here's what happened. I was like, well, why did I bother? Why did I bother putting all this effort into a damn cheese plate? There's already one here. What the hell? And I think I 
kept going on like that. And then I realized <laughs> that my brothers and I hadn't uh, told my mom about our food thread. So she didn't know that I had been assigned a cheese plate. And then she, uh, she that's was like, no well, excuse. We can put my... Yeah, and she was like, I-, I can put my cheese plate away. I'll put my cheese plate away. You can put yours out. And then I was like, well, what's the point? There's already cheese. We're not going to put it away to put more cheese out. Anyway, I calmed down, and then uh, we sort of put, we melded the nicer cheese she had out with the excellent cheese I had brought and uh, and some of the meats I brought as well. She had left out some old wrapped up old lunch meat on a plate that didn't look very nice. <laughs> You are going after your mom's. Your she mom didn't here. know that I was in charge of the cheese plate. But it sounds defense. like her cheese plate and meat plate had nothing on your cheese plate. I mean, I'm willing to say that it did have nothing on my cheese plate. <laughs> my cheese plate was superior in every way. So uh, let me the, guess: her cheese yeah. plate, craft single slices, <laughs> cheese strings, <laughs> and, fruit roll ups, uh, baby bell. <laughs> <laughs> fruit a can of coke and a half-eaten uh tub of cottage cheese <laughs> with the lid off no she had some like uh breton crackers and i uh mm. maybe some uh some like um ritz oh, crackers yeah. but it was mostly like kind of like <clears throat> supermarket yeah. cheese. your standard that- right sorry yeah. to interrupt yeah you got the good <clears throat> stuff you got the crispy thin Yes. Wafer-like crackers, so you really mm. savor the flavor of the Danish blue cheese, etc. I've got grapes. i got mm. pears that I sliced wow. sliced very uh, nicely. Next time uh, the three of us go away, Mike, maybe you yeah. should... It sounds like you're good at putting a cheese plate together. <laughs> Did you say anything like, Merry fucking Christmas, I guess, or whatever? You know, stuff like that? <laughs> I did, yeah. And I actually, I took a... I took her sharpest knife out of the drawer, held it to my throat, and said, I honestly don't see what's preventing me from just ending it all right now. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Admit it, Mom. You're sick of Christmas anyways, right? <laughs> Mother, hey. you wouldn't know a cheese plate if it bit you in the ass. Mother, <laughs> you wouldn't know a cheese plate. <laughs> so wait so, a minute. Um, okay, yeah. I did, after I had, you know, breathed some air from outside on the balcony and had a moment to calm down, I did, yeah, I calmed down and I was like, I'm sorry, I overreacted about the cheese plate. It just, I, uh, I felt that I had been tricked, you know? Where did your brothers fall on this whole fight? Yeah. Were they on your side or your mom's side? Um, they mostly just laughed at me, uh, all night, but they, I guess, Mm -hmm. also realized we hadn't told our mom. Hmm. This was like a, an episode of This Is Us or something. I mean, this was yeah. heavy shit. I can't believe you had to go through that, Mike. I'm really yeah, sorry, and guys... I'm pissed at your mom, honestly. Yeah. Did no, you end the made night, up, like, the fun. three, like, the four of you all kind of, like, with your arms around each other on the couch, saying stuff for, like, um... you know, Christmas is, family is, you know, has its ups and downs, but I wouldn't trade you guys in for anyone else or something like that. Basically, yeah. Although it's a little different. We do a thing where at around 2 or 2.30 a.m. after we've eaten and we're exhausted and maybe have been drinking for eight hours straight, my mom chooses that moment to say, everyone pose by the window so I can take a family photo. (laughs) So we all look (laughs) absolutely terrible. (laughs) Does your mom have a few during Christmas? Um, A few, mostly like a... um, I think she had a Smirnoff Ice and a Bailey's. Really? 
Really? I didn't think your mom would be a Smirnoff ice drinker. I would have thought sherry no. or white wine. No. No, she hates wine. She hates wine. She drinks like a 14-year-old girl who's just uh, <laughs> been to her first bush party. <laughs> Smirnoff ice. Yeah, that's very college student or high school student. Yeah. Is there a half-drunk two-liter bottle of Barbarian Cooler in her fridge? <laughs> Some taquitos. <laughs> That's one of the first things I drank when I was a kid. Barbarian Cooler. I don't know how long. I've it never even heard before. of it. Is that like I a fruit-flavored wine a, cooler? I think I'd have no clue. It was like to me. It was like I think it was like a vodka soda pop thing or something. I don't know. Hmm. It's the first time I got drunk was uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh yeah, I I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. And I kissed a girl. I got drunk on Mike's hard lemonade, and I kissed a girl at a party. But yeah, I didn't yeah, like her, that's, so that's I felt close bad. To mine too. <laughs> Congratulations! That's such a nice origin story of thanks. You know, but I was—I'd barely been. I mean, I'd probably been drunk, but not quite like that. And I, at end of the party, I got my arm around this girl. I don't like her. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I felt so bad. This is the devil's juice. Yeah. Look what it's making me do. I'm picturing a lemon, just an evil lemon going like, James, put your arm around her. <laughs> this episode you know is called too? Evil Lemon. This is so <laughs> embarrassing. I remember, um, I yeah, so I don't know how old I was, 16 or whatever. <clears throat> and um, there was this girl I think I liked, I guess, and she had a boyfriend. And then when I was drunk on Mike's Hard Lemonade, I kept... Saying to her boyfriend how lucky he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, no. to the point that it was really weird. Like, I clearly liked his girlfriend. I remember that. Not cool. Did he at any point go like, hey, uh, thanks. I think <laughs> but, uh, he started getting weirded out. Yeah. I know I'm lucky, bro. We've all been there. We've all been there, you know. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for, for uh, you know, letting us know about the family drama. Please let us know if any updates come up, you know. Uh, well, I mean, I did text together. I texted my mom the day after on Christmas Day just to say, like, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, you know, blew a gasket over the cheese plate. It was a miscommunication. But in the end, the night was, was very nice. So good. Yeah. Glad to hear. OK, so um, we're going to move on to our topic here. But before we do. Uh, we'd like to mention that we do have a Patreon account that you can check out. It's mm -hmm. at patreon.com slash evilmen. And thank you so much to everybody who signed up to that uh, Patreon. If you do sign up, you get uh, at least two bonus episodes a month that are very fun. And um, if you haven't signed up, please check it out. And if you can't sign up, maybe you could review us. On iTunes. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> well, Chris, um, you picked the topic for this episode, so why don't you lay it on us? I'm going to lay it on thick. Okay. The evil man. I just found <laughs> this evil man today and uh, did some half-assed research. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. The evil man today, his name is Axlar Bjorn. 
Okay. Okay. Why do I think this guy was in ABBA? I know. <laughs> but he's not from Sweden or wherever the frig ABBA is from. <laughs> he's uh he's from Iceland and up until now I'm I'm I I believe he's the only known serial killer in the whole history of Iceland. Wow. Axlar Bjorn. Yeah. Now, I I heard that too. That he's the only mm-hmm. that country's only ever serial killer, and part of me was like, "Is that likely?" Or you know, there must be some guy who just was never caught. Yeah, could be. I don't know. But we were saying before we recorded, there's only like three hundred thousand people in Iceland right. or something. So maybe that's maybe that but is statistically has, normal. It has been five hundred years though since this guy you know did did his uh, committed his crime. So that's a quite a long stretch to go without a new serial killer. Good point. Yes, this was in the 1500s. Um, he was uh, actually born <laughs> Bjorn Peterson, okay? And uh, he lived from 1555 to 1596. So the good old days when right. all you really did in life was feel chilly and take a shit. <laughs> um, but they nicknamed him... Uh, he was nicknamed Axlar Bjorn because Axlar is a genitive uh, of Uxel, his place of residence. Now, I'm saying Uxel huh. because it's O-X-L, but it's the O with that umlaut on it. So I don't know if I'm doing it right, but you know what I'm saying? I do. Right. I don't think it's Oxel. I think with the umlaut O, they pronounce it U, like Uxel. Uxel. Okay. All right. When people so from Iceland have sex, do they go, ooh, ooh, ooh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Bjork. Um, so this guy, is, he's, I guess he's uh, notorious, and people in Iceland would, would know his story. Notorious! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he, he uh, I think so. <laughs> Okay. They all put their arms around each other at the one pub on Iceland and sway back and forth and go, Oh, let me tell you about the story of Axlar Bjorn, the guy who only serial killer ever Norn. <laughs> I have no clue. I think it is a, yeah, there's legends. That's the thing. It Some of his story became like, uh, you know, folklore folkloric right. motif legends uh because they started talking about him and building the legend the history of him like 250 years later sort of thing right so some of it is pretty fantastical but it definitely happened for sure okay. some people say he killed <clears throat> 18 people some say way less i don't know why people uh differ <laughs> Uh, some say way more. There's just random people out there being like, no. Um, <laughs> I don't know why there's a... I never read anything that said why there's a there's a like, difference in number. People are like, like no, hey, there's no way Axlar killed that many people. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start a belief of it was like nine people. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, he killed people like weary travelers... Uh, made them disappear, buried their bodies in lava ponds. Hmm. I think oh, it's, no. That's smart. Yeah, but there was one kid, I think it was a kid, like a young guy he killed. 
You guys are going to like this. Uh, he buried him in a dung heap. Why do you think we'd like that? <laughs> a murdered young man in a pile of shit. I mean, you don't like that? <laughs> Were you expecting us to go like, damn, and start dancing? <laughs> damn. Um, I think that's how he died, though. I don't know if he killed him first. It's funny or... that we don't have any idea how many people he killed, but we know that one was killed <laughs> in, in a dung heap. Get me out of this dung heap. No. Um, here, I'm reading this from... This is IcelandMag.is. Nobody knows how many he killed. Most accounts put the number of deaths at 18. Some speculate the number was far higher because many were drowned in a pond at the edge of the beautiful Budharun lava field. Hmm. One was buried in a dung heap. So what, what am I... I can't... Anyways... In 1596, his reign of terror came to an end and he was executed. Some believe his wife was complicit in the murders and his son... Oh, I'll tell you about the son later. But yeah, some believe his wife was complicit in the murders as well. Um, now, what mm. they don't say here is... Mm, I'll talk about the actually execution later. But yeah, what do you think about that? Lava fields that you could just drop bodies in. Very in interesting. Because uh, Iceland has all that geothermic stuff, right? They've got volcanoes and they have hot springs yeah. from all the geothermic energy going on underneath. So that's actually, a, if you're going to, you know, maybe Iceland is a perfect place to dispose of bodies if they've got these lava flows kicking around. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, where did Olaf go? I didn't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> He lived in Snæfellsnes Peninsula. <laughs> now we should we should tell people before this we recorded we decided to commit to the pronunciation of that. Yes. <laughs> so if anyone's coming for us for saying it wrong, you know, you We're know stick it up so, here, you know what, you know? <laughs> Anyone from Iceland listening, you know what I'm talking about? Snæfellsnes uh, <laughs> Peninsula. Now, here's an interesting uh, tidbit Ooh. for people listening who love my episodes of Evil Men and how shitty they are. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at this and I don't care. <laughs> I have kids. I have fucking... I'm, I'm obeying the alien overlords. What can I say? I got no time. The Snæfellsnes Peninsula... Uh, I'll spell it. It's S N, and then there's one of those Nordic letters that's an A and an E combined together. Yeah, what is that? Sickening. To it's separate weird. them. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to America. Speak English. Sneeflesness. Um, <laughs> no, it's S N and the A E consonant or vowel. I don't know. T tell me, guys. Listeners, Icelandic listeners, I'm really, really sorry I'm butchering this. Heard you guys have a great music festival up there. Then an F-E-L-L-S-N-E-S. -E -S -S. So if you say it like how we would talk, it'd be like Snæfellsnes. But uh, but I we, we, we did watch a video and the lady said Snæfellsnes. The Snæfellsnes Peninsula. <laughs> I don't care. This is my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> it's known for its stunning beauty and fascinating mysteries. And the magic of the nature of Snæfellsnes makes it to the backdrop to the beginning of Jules Verne's novel *Journey to the Center of the Earth*. Um, the Snæfells, the Snæfells Jökull glacier, being the opening into a mythical world existing inside the Earth, full of monsters and adventure. Now, 
That's the one Jules Verne book I read. Did you guys read that one? I haven't. I haven't. No. <clears throat> I did see a, a TV movie in the 90s, early 2000s, starring Scott Bakula, where they went to the center of the earth, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Inner Space. Oh, that was good. Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Martin Smarty Short. Is is that anything to do with Axlar Bjorn? <laughs> yeah, I think the serum that Dennis Quaid gets injected with is called the Snafelsnes serum. <laughs> and then Martin Short takes off. I no, but it's Jules Verne's uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. They do go, the uncle and his nephew, uh, the uncle's a real grumpy guy. I don't think he even, really, it doesn't seem like he likes the nephew at all. They go up to the hole and the the opening in the cave of the volcano in Snaefelsnace in Iceland. And then they go into the center of the earth. And I got to tell you, I read the whole book. But what's in the middle of the center of the earth, according to Jules Verne, a French science fiction author of the uh, 19th century? Um it's fucking stupid, man. He doesn't know shit. It's the dumbest imagination. It's not real. Even you, James, uh, saying the germo germ, germino neothermic geothermical whatever you said. <laughs> Jules Verne didn't know. There's no way Jules Verne even knew about that. Yeah, no, he's like the there's a there's a lake in there, and they ride a boat in the middle of the earth, and I don't know. It's stupid. Yeah. That could happen, though. I don't know. You know, that I did happen. read, interestingly, that um, in a Bill Bryson book that we have actually gone not deep at all in terms of how, you know, how deep or whatever the center of the earth actually is. Like, mm-hmm. it's the equivalent of like a little pinprick in, in a giant watermelon or something. Like, we have we have not gone any at all. I mean, I'm sure there's not r- lakes down there, but we, you know... We we got to get down there, guys. Come on, let's there get could be to the lakes, center. There could be reservoirs of like you know. Think about that. Actually, now I feel bad. Can you delete some of my negativity, Mike? Because even at the bottom of the oceans, which we've seen on that Blue Planet documentary series, there's ocean. There's like ponds and rivers inside the bottom of the ocean that are different different consistency of the. It blows my mind. I know that's hard to understand. I really don't get it. And there's like animals, there's creatures that live in the bottom of the ocean that don't go in the other consistency of the liquid at the bottom because they're like, that's different. And that's near volcanoes, volcanic action too, volcanic or whatever. Yeah. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about today. I do. I don't know about this stuff, but I have been to the Ripley's Aquarium here in Toronto, and they've got some really freaky looking fish. <laughs> <laughs> now I do like that aquarium. I love seeing the octopus, octopi. Love seeing those octopi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel I'm not sure they should be in tanks because they seem smart. But anyway, yeah. So James, do you're you guys a know fan of Bill um, Bryson? Eh, you bring him up a lot. Oh, I love his books. <clears throat> so so. Do you think there's a hell in them still? There's probably there could be a hell <laughs> in the center of the earth. Yeah. Well, we don't know scientifically. Maybe, we don't know. That's I what I was so, getting at. Jules yeah. Verne is so stupid he doesn't know that there's actually just a hell down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I? So Jules Verne, I think was was he a contemporary of H.G. Wells, like uh, the Victorian era around that time? I think H.G. Wells came a little bit after, but yeah. Okay. Well. I just read a uh, this magazine article about H.G. Wells, about mm-hmm. how he created so much of science fiction basically from scratch. But one thing I didn't know is that he was also like a huge 
like uh, horny guy, and he was oh. like he had sex with everybody. He was uh, Mike. He had like he was H- like polyamorous, basically. H G, horny guy. H- horny guy Wells. Horny guy Wells. <laughs> that must be it. So in between he must have writing the, the Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. He wrote the Invisible Man, right? And the Time Machine, War of the Worlds, and in between yeah. those those classic novels, he was boning everybody. Really? So he was Polly. He was Polly. He was freaky. He was kinky. You know what? He would have loved Hedonism Resort in Jamaica. <laughs> I wish yeah. he had been around for that. Or Hedonism Toronto's, too. oh, Toronto's, or Toronto's um, Oasis Sex Club or whatever it's Oasis called. Aqua Lounge. Yes, yes. Where, Yes, it's a swingers aqua spa club that has music nights and also comedy nights. <laughs> pretty, yes, you're right. And we've sure got to do a live show about, there. Pretty sure he daydreamed back in the... Oh, uh, well, H.G. Wells actually lived all the way till like 1946 or something. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see here. Yeah, he made it all the way to 46. He was born in 1866. Uh Jules a good Byrne life for a horny man. 1828, died 1905. Damn. But H.G. Wells was probably daydreaming about building a time machine to come to sex clubs in Toronto at this time. <laughs> and first he also draft. probably daydreamed about invi- being an invisible man so he could do whatever he wanted. Yep. Wank off and look in a window. Yeah. Hey, Jizz just came out of nowhere. <laughs> what the heck? Every time I change... <laughs> HG, every time you bring me a new book, it's about some magnificent and genius contraption, but it's always used for the horniest reasons. (laughs) War of the Worlds, he had to deal with the aliens. Just kill all the other dudes. Um, James, when you said every time I change, I daydreamed about, I imagined like guys at a golf club country club changing after a game <laughs> and then hg wells is in just yeah it's all these middle-aged guys like kind of portly like at their lockers oh what the, the invisible man seen everything again? he's like running out of places to go to. <laughs> yeah, he's become- he starts going to golf and country clubs <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is besides the point. Just a quick aside. Last night I couldn't sleep and I was just Googling stuff on my phone and I started thinking about kangaroo pouches. <laughs> Tell you what, you want to get disturbed? James, were you high? No, I was just couldn't sleep. Kangaroo pouches on the inside look really gross. Or, yeah, they're I don't know. gooey. Google it if you want. They just It's a lot more medical looking than I would have guessed. Mm. Don't you hear what I said? I, I said they were gooey, and then you said Google it. Gooey Google it. Oh, wow. I didn't hear you say gooey. Yeah, That's I imagine that good? it's like gooey and full of loose hair and lint and Honestly, Mike, dust. it's like if you opened your mouth and shone a light on your throat, kind of. It's really... I James, I would never do that. Well, don't Google <laughs> kangaroo pouch inside. The inside of one. Even if Sometimes, you can't sleep. Yeah. Well, I remember rooting around a kangaroo pouch one time, and you're right, it was gooey and disgusting, but I also found <laughs> some missing uh, McDonald's Monopoly pieces that I needed to finish <laughs> the game, and well, some coins and some bus transfers. And You, you think it's going to be of... like the, the, the pocket of a hooded sweatshirt that you just yeah. comfortably pop your hands in, but no, mm-hmm. it's like no. the inside of a body. Yeah. So then, did that yeah. help? 
do you get to sleep, James, or did that keep no, you up? No, God, even no. That's why in Winnie the Pooh, whenever you see Kanga and Rue, every time Rue comes out of Kanga, <laughs> Rue pukes everywhere. <laughs> oh, hey, Winnie the Pooh. Hey, Rue, you know, or whatever the hell. My yeah. mother really needs to wash that thing. Yeah, it's fucking sick. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Okay, so Mike... Oh, boy. Is this a good one or not, guys? I no, it's. Know. I mean, I think we're having a lot of fun. Top of the charts. So, what? So, what do we know so far about this guy? He he lived well, in the fifteen. 15- in- mm. Yeah, sorry, James. Sorry to do that again. No, I was just. So, what do we know about this guy? He he lived in the fifteen hundreds in Iceland. He killed something like ten or maybe thirty people. He's Iceland's only serial killer. He lived in this mysterious um, peninsula. Mm-hmm. He killed most, one guy, threw him in poo. Yeah, dung heap, dung heap. Mm-hmm. Uh, got rid of bodies by um, by um, putting them in the pond by the lava fields. Uh, another reason why they think uh, the general consensus though is eighteen killed, but wow. uh, according to legend and whatever. But people, some people, I will say, some people think that he killed more because. Um, after he was executed, uh, they found more and more bodies. Uh, no, no, after, the, after they caught him. Sorry, let me do that again. One of the reasons why they think there were more victims, this is pretty funny, actually, is because after they caught him and found out what he was doing, more uh, vic- like bodies were found on his property. And he genuinely claimed those dead bodies, I found them on my property and I don't know how they got here. <laughs> and so I was just moving them to try to rebury them, basically. Uh, something is telling me that Axlar here isn't the you know the sharpest tool in the shed. It's funny that you, you uh, say Axlar with the you know the weight on axe and tool and shed. We should get mm-hmm. to this legend time here, Mike. We were talking about it before we started recording. But I'm gonna I'm gonna reference medievalists.net because um, I just want to read this. Uh, it was a lot to write down today, but so although Axlar the the legendary aspect is really funny. Although Axlar Bjorn is as real as any of us, his story is interwoven with legends and full of folkloric motifs. He is doomed to be a monster even before birth, when because when his mother was pregnant with him, she was suddenly seized. By a strong desire for human blood. Okay? Uh-oh. You know, you get those pregnancy cravings, right? Ice cream, pickles. Pickles I've heard of, yeah, but never human blood. Hers was human blood. Hmm. And being an indulging husband, Bjorn's father, Peter. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I'm trying to do it justice. Bjorn's father, Peter fed her with his own blood to satiate her unnatural appetite but things took a turn to the worse well can i just say that's a mm-hmm. that's a champion husband great partner willing to go the extra mile to help out his beloved who's you know got a strange yeah. craving it sounds like bjorn's father pitur never found a pair of shades to discover the obey signs <laughs> he was a complacent uh, zombie yeah so he satiates her with his, her unnatural appetite with his own blood 
Okay. Here you go. Here you go, love. <laughs> um, drink my blood. I feel bad for you. You want it so bad, you know? Um, though this rid her of her bloodthirst, nightmares started to follow. Uh-oh. They were so horrible that she could not even find words to describe them. She believed that the child she was carrying was a monster. Ooh. Yikes. Now, can we take a break here for a moment, guys, and talk? Have you ever had a nightmare so horrifying that no words could describe it? Great question. I can't say I have. I can usually pretty... Because you don't remember your dreams, Mike. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. No, but when I... Me and James are big dreamers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll remember a dream maybe twice a year, and I can usually put it into words, and I'm trying to remember my last (laughs) nightmare. I think there was just... I was in a forest, and there was a scary tree. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what, Mike? Mm. Uh, A nightmare about seeing a scary tree means that you're going to be rich. Oh, Okay. Nice. Well, that's good then. No, I know what you yeah. mean, Chris, because I have nightmares and they are hard to put into words. Like you, you wake up and you think as you're kind of waking up, oh my God, I've got to tell my girlfriend or whoever yeah. about this dream whoever. I just had. And then when you start to say it, you're like, oh, it's, I mean, I don't know. It was just scary. I was in a house and there was a guy in there. Like it doesn't, it, you know what I mean? It becomes hard to explain. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh, I got to tell this to my girlfriend or, or my wife or who is this? Nick Flanagan? What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> yeah, to Nick. Um, well, yeah, no, I had, I've had nightmares that I couldn't describe for sure. I woke up in a sweat. <gasps> and then my wife goes, what? What is it? I had a nightmare. What happened in it? I can't. I can't. <laughs> she's like tell me what the fuck happened you stupid idiot it's 4 30 a.m and i'm like i don't know what it was i don't know what i saw that sounds almost hp lovecraftian like some sort of weird demented horrific nightmare that cannot be described by the human mm. like some sort of cthulhu beast or something yeah so continuing with the legend from medievalists.net thank you very much guys i left off she believed that the child she was carrying was a monster. Oops, mm. I shouldn't have drank all your blood, husband. Yeah, um, I mean, this is on you. Yeah, I know. It's like, you crave human blood? Like, what the fuck do you think you're building in your womb? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some sort of math whiz? <laughs> you know, the next uh, diplomat yeah, for your country? Yeah. Okay. So, I... I got to say, I feel bad for her husband because he goes out of his way to feed his own blood to his wife. And the next thing you know, she's like, ah, I'm having nightmares. And she's like blaming him. And, you know, the guy can't win. Yeah, it's like when someone mm. says, oh, I'm craving chocolate milk. And you give them chocolate milk and then later they have diarrhea. And it's like, what the? But it's way worse. It's like you gave them blood and now they're having a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean... Too bad this guy didn't come out as diarrhea. Then maybe all those people would have lived a longer life. But <laughs> yeah, here we go. So in she fact, was right. Of I think course. we can say certainly they would have lived a longer life because there's no way diarrhea would have killed them. Right. Imagine you saw a puddle of diarrhea on the ground with an axe beside it, <laughs> and the diarrhea is like, "Come here!" And you're like, "No way!" You just laugh at it and walk over it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> So she was right, of course. 
And uh, it was believed that blood had magical property back then, so for it imparts some of the nature of its owner to the drinker. Sort of like, you know, those legends where you gain the soul of someone you eat. It's like you gain the power of your victim, right. you know, that kind of legend, mm-hmm. cannibalistic legends and stuff. So it's very zombie-like, very, uh, shares a lot with the, the undead mythology. It was probably Axlar Bjorn's baby demanding the blood craving from already from within the womb. Give me blood, mother, you know, but communicating yeah. through the through the umbilical cord vibes now, or whatever. Is there any... I don't know if they have the the uh, the records of this, but what, was he known to have also like dr- eaten or drank the blood of his uh, victims, Mister Axlar? So here we go. In addition to blood, mm. Axlar Bjorn also consumed human flesh once, but no. in a figurative sense only. At the age of fifteen, his monstrous nature was awakened, according to John Arnens Narsen. One day, Bjorn skips mass against the will of the others. <laughs> That's bad if you skip mass. That's the thing. I know. What do evil men have in common? Usually they skip mass at least once or twice. So, he skips mass against the will of others, apparently following the example of so many saga characters who become Dragar or other types of wicked spirit after death. The boy takes a nap and has a strange dream. Now, this is what you were talking about, Mike, before we were recording. A man comes to him to offer him a plate of meat cut into pieces. The meat is so delicious that Bjorn could not stop eating. But at the 19th piece, he started to feel sick and just had to stop. Then the stranger instructs Bjorn to find a certain object in the mountains that would make him, quote-unquote, famous. This object turns out to be an axe. Okay. And Bjorn, yeah, will become more infamous than famous because of it. So, yeah, I didn't get to this part yet, but you, you kind of teed me up. Uh, it was an axe. He used an axe as a tool to kill most of his uh, victims, or uh, another thing I read said he would strangle them. Yeah, and ditch their bodies in the lava <laughs> pond or whatever. So That's pretty cool. A, a <clears throat> damn dream cool. about an axe. Ha- yeah. Uh, really nice dream, you know? Yeah, yeah so he... I think in real life, he climbed to the top of this mountain based on his dream or what the man told him in the dream and found an axe for real just sitting there on the top of the mountain like as if it's like Zelda Breath of the Wild or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you guys are ready for an interjection, I have some information about sex in Iceland. I'm always ready. I think they're really more free over in those... uh, Scandinavian and North countries, aren't they? Well, according to a website called Eurosexscene.com, um, Iceland... Just sorry to interrupt, but you have yeah. that bookmarked on your... I do, your I do. Chrome? It's my homepage. Okay. Um, Icelandic society is very liberal uh, compared to much of Europe, and it has some very progressive uh, laws. Um the culture of sex and nudity in Iceland is very open, and uh, Icelanders, according to Eurosexscene.com, have a reputation as being quite promiscuous. Now, here's some, uh, here's a little really? bit of info. Um, the number, the average number of sexual partners for Icelanders is 13, compared to the global average of nine. Okay, over a lifetime, I guess. I mean, surely or, that can't be at once, or right. while they're. Sort of like in the middle of their life living in the suburbs. 
I yeah, <laughs> having I, like I swingers parties and stuff. That feels low. I mean, I don't know. Okay. The average age that Icelanders <laughs> lose their virginity is 15.6 years old, which is the lowest age of first intercourse in the world, according to Eurosexscene.com. Hey, nice. Who, who is t- are telling the people these numbers? I don't know. Um, um, May I suggest of, that yeah. it's because there's probably not a lot to do and it's cold most of the year that you're going to be inside and... Probably just start, uh, you know, uh, thinking like H.G. Wells did and think, how can I, you know, uh, start boning? Agreed. Just a a couple more points here just to make sure I get this in. Uh, 39% of Icelanders say they've had extramarital affairs. 26% say they've had a threesome. That seems very high. Um, 6% say they've had tantric sex. (laughs) Sting must have had a concert there. And uh, 9% of Icelanders own love balls. Love balls? I don't know what they they are. And 11% own cock rings. According Tantric to sex <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> and they all just offer up this information. That's one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably talked to five people. Olaf has uh, a cock ring. <laughs> I own a cock ring. But for, yeah, for a country... <laughs> For a country with three hundred and thirty thousand people, that's a that's much more sex stuff than I expected. Yeah, tantric sex is. Uh, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. It's when you're about to have an orgasm, you pull out and go uh, and have a tea and a biscuit, <laughs> and then go back and finish after that, right? Yeah, you can do that. You can sort of work on a scales if you play guitar. Um, juggle. What was the what was the percentage that owns a cock ring? 11%. 11%. Oh, I thought it was 1%. So That's I'm trying I thought to it think was of like, guy. yeah, it's like Iceland has the population of like the city where I went to high school, Oshawa, Ontario. I'm trying to imagine if like 11% of Oshawa had a cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they may they may i don't know i've, I've I never bought one of the things and i've never used one of you guys no mike i no. bet you have <laughs> mike saying no, no, no but no. his face looks nuts <laughs> i wonder if any of our listeners have uh, please tweet us at uh, evil men pod because uh, i don't even what does it do it just keeps your boner going longer well you first of all it looks good that's yeah, true there's some really beautiful ones. Like I would love to. Ha- I would use it if it was like ancient from like Morocco or something. <laughs> like, like or they like found it in the- kind of a Celtic looking, you know, Celtic cross. Ancient. Yeah. yeah. I would love it if it was like an antique at the museum, and I go back at night and break mm-hmm. into the museum and smash the glass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a cat burglar. <laughs> I think they should have cock. You know, our rings on our hands have lots of fun designs yeah. and gems yeah. and diamonds. Well- why shouldn't mm-hmm. our rings on our penises also have that? Did you guys finish? Yeah. Did you watch the uh, the Beatles uh, eight hour documentary Get Back? Either not yeah, because um, nope. I watched it and you actually learn throughout the eight hours why Ringo has the nickname Ringo. It's not because of the rings he wears on his hands. That's all I'll say. Oh, oh, you've got to let us know why. Why is it? He wears multiple cock rings at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently he put the bass or the you know the big kick drum. He actually sat on that, yeah, and just flicked his penis up and down because it was so heavy with the cock rings. <laughs> That's amazing because 
Lady Madonna and songs like that have such a hard like drum yeah. beat. Yeah, I know he was flicking it. <laughs> That's his dick. Yeah, he would have to take like a two week break between recording sessions because he was in. You know, he, he gave his whole heart and soul into each performance. Yeah, are we? Uh, where are we at? <laughs> yeah, what's what's going on? With that? Okay, now I'm just gonna read some facts that are not part of that legend. Okay, all right. When he was when Axlar Bjorn was fifteen years old, he began to help on a farm of a rich neighbor neighbor named Ormur in exchange for room and board. Ormur died some years later from natural causes and left his estate to his son Gudmundur. Gudmundur had became friends with Axlar Bjorn during his employment and gifted him a farm called Uxel in the Breidavik region of Snifosnith. Axlar Bjorn took residence there with his wife Pordis, Olaf's daughter. So Portis is the one that they claimed was also in on the murders. So um, the most common claims of uh, Axelar Bjorn um, that he killed either 9 or 18 people. The victims were travelers and farmhands that came to Uxel looking for work. Some versions say he hacked them with the axe and others that he drowned them. Local suspicions about Uxler Bjorn, this is how he got caught, okay? They grew... As people disappeared in the area, while his horses and other possessions increased, hmm. uh, but he was safe because of the protection given to him by Gudmundur. So the so guy who let him live yeah. on his farm was like, "Ah, I don't bother Axlar Bjorn." I guess for and, and so what he was stealing, he was killing people and just taking their possessions. Yeah, like his possessions would double and people would disappear and. They'd be like, hey, uh, how did this happen? But then Gudmundur, I guess, would be like, well, leave him alone. He's a good guy. <laughs> I, <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. I read that he also would just start wearing his victims' clothes around, and so people in the town or whatever would be like, um, <laughs> that's... Yeah. Isn't that the... <laughs> I genuinely knit that for my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fucked up. Yeah. Axelar- so when he was arrested, he... He confessed to nine murders, but authorities found more bodies when they searched his farm, like I said. And this is what... Okay, now, he claimed that he found the remains buried in his land and decided to rebury them in another place without notifying authorities or bringing them to a cemetery. So, like, would you do that? Um, Yeah. They did not believe the explanation. No. And uh, he was sentenced to die by hanging... Followed by breaking on the wheel. Now, remember when we did the witch one from? Uh, oh, that was a good one. Didn't mm-hmm. they have a breaking wheel in that? Didn't I they think, use a break? I think William Stoughton. Yeah, I think they may have. Uh, he may have sentenced people to be broken on the wheel. I think so. Okay. Now, remember when we were saying that in the William Stoughton episode? Uh, sorry again to the listeners for saying Stoughton a few times during that episode. But yeah, in the William Stoughton episode. Weren't we saying, like, that it was insane for, like, the mid to late 18th century to be still, act like, acting like that, behaving like that? Because here they are using the braking wheel in uh, Snifflessness. Uh, 300 years earlier. F- yes, exactly. Well, guys, so like I don't show- remember. Sorry to interrupt. I don't remember what the braking wheel is. So they put you on it until you and stretch you out until... Uh, you, you want me to look up the real? It's like definition? a stretcher. It's, it's like it's like your arms and legs tied to ropes, and then they pull them. Is that it? No, it's also it's, known as a Catherine wheel, which I think is the name of a goth band. I remember them. Yeah. 
So yeah. it's because I just had looked it up, James. It's apparently it was like basically like a wheel from a cart or a carriage or something that okay. you would be a prisoner would be like painfully like yeah have your limbs all put through the spokes in a very uncomfortable position and it would like break your bones and then they would like weave your arms and legs through in a very painful way and just like leave you basically almost up on a pole to be crucified in that very uncomfortable position. God. Yeah, it would mutilate really your body. Mean. It's it would mean. mutilate your body in an agonizing way, but you wouldn't die still. I wonder if you did yoga, if you could just sort of like be flexible <laughs> enough to, to not have your arms break. I just did the first uh, episode of Yoga with Adrienne's 30-day thing today, so I, I wonder oh, yeah. how I do on the wheel right now. Huh. Hey, I, I did some... I didn't do the Adrian one, but I did some yoga from memory, some stretches, and nice. then I did 50 push-ups, guys. Damn. Hey. Sweet. Hey. So Axlar, he's he's going to get put on the wheel. He's going to get hanged to... They hate him in yeah, Iceland. They hanged. They put his body on the braking on the wheel, the Catherine wheel, to break his body to death, mutilate him. After his death, his body's dismembered, and each piece that, w- that was taken a part of him was put on a stake and Portis, who's pregnant at the time his wife remember was forced to watch all of this oh man and then later accused of assisting her husband in the murders and even committing some of the murders herself so Mm. she was also sentenced to death but the execution was never carried out now here's a nice little tidbit to round it off the story of this psychopath axlar born the son she was carrying, Zvein, quote unquote, uh, nicknamed Scotty Bjornsson. <laughs> yeah, S K O T T I. So not like the Star Trek buddy. He <laughs> grew up to be a vagrant and a criminal and was hanged himself for rape in 1648. And then oh. Zvein's own son, Gisli Hrukur Sveinsson. I'm doing these words. No, you're really- doing really good. I actually, this is my favorite part of this one. Gisli Rukur Svinsson was also a criminal and also executed. So this crazy lineage of psycho criminal murderers was started yeah. from this one woman drinking her husband's blood and creating the original monster, Axlar Bjorn. I'm going to say it. If I had a time machine, I'd go back in time and kill Axlar Bjorn as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Many people have said it before, but none have said it with such passion. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. if H.G. Wells had a time machine, he would have uh, gone back in time and had sex with uh, Axlar's mom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't care that she likes blood. She's hot. Yeah, um, could you spit the blood out for a sec? <laughs> <laughs> um, huh? Interesting. I wonder if the lineage is still out there. Yeah, well, like anyone listening who is a fan of evil men, and if you're from Iceland or know anyone, yeah, ask them if they know uh, if you have you done uh, ancestor.com and come up with Axlar Bjorn as your great 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 psycho grandfather or whatever. Because if you did, just go ahead and unsubscribe. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. please, please. <laughs> and, yeah, and Chris, didn't you say at the beginning that his his surname was maybe Peterson? Yeah. Oh I yeah. Wonder, 
Do you think oh possibly God, the genes survived you? and made their way into the body of a certain doctor who lives in Toronto? <laughs> Oh You're my god. 100%. Bjorn Peterson was his real name, but Peterson was spelled the old uh, Icelandic way P E T U R S S O N. But of course, when everybody came over to North America, they anglicized their names, didn't they? Did yes. Axler talk like that? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't get it. Chaos is just around the corner, I promise. Throwing a child um, into a dung heap is actually very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, didn't you guys share a tweet of Jordan Peterson recently or something? Or <laughs> no? I think <laughs> I, I may have liked some. There was people no, were joking like, in a joking way, like making fun of it. Sorry, Mike. Yeah. Was it about where he was like? Totalitarians hate stand-up comedy and they hate the freedom of the automobile. Something like that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he tweeted had that. This... Remember when yeah, he said, someone... up yours, Justin Trudeau? <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So he was up like, yours, Justin. He was like, I won't get the Moderna vaccine. I will, however, let my daughter kidnap me to, to uh, <laughs> Serbia to give me experimental treatment for feeling sad or whatever the hell. It and was. also only eat meat and clearly be dying. Yeah. Well, very interesting. You know what? what that's a fun... Yeah, what do you think about Axlar Bjorn? Ooh, yeah, it's I like learning half about legend, these legends. Half reality. I mean, I'll tell you one thing, Chris. Uh, yeah. He doesn't seem as nice or as fun as someone like uh, Bjork. Mm-mm. You know, no. Or Sigur Ross, or is whimsical. Yes. Yeah. Was Sigur Ross from Iceland? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. They yeah. really had a moment, huh? Sigur Ross. <laughs> Yeah. You were really intelligent if you liked Sigur Ross. <laughs> I'm actually, um, I like, I'm into kind of like cerebral music. I like uh, music by these boys who sing like, <laughs> You bring like a date home and you really want to impress the date. So you, you're like, uh, check this out. And it's, yeah. <laughs> My name is Bobby. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I haven't heard In the Club by 50 Cent. I only listen to Sigur Ross. Sugar Ray, you mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they actually couldn't be more different than Sugar Ray. Um, Sigur Sh- Ross actually translates to Sugar Ray in Iceland. <laughs> yeah, if you... yeah. If you translate their lyrics, it's like every morning. Spread your love and fly. Oh shit! I missed it. What'd you say, Mike? Spread your love and fly. Or is it spread your wings and fly? What, what are the lyrics there? Yeah, spread your love and fly. Oh me, oh my. <laughs> Every morning I wake up and go down to Snifflesness <laughs> <laughs> and buy a cock ring. <laughs> this is the best. I keep, you know what, though? Ultimately, this is an excellent, even though I'm kind of chunky on talking about the evil men sometimes, this is an excellent episode on a nice oeuvre of Icelandic uh, oh, absolutely. information and yeah. lore. I'm surprised. I'm really shocked that they haven't had a serial killer in 500 years. That seems almost unbelievable. Like no other culture, even even Canada has 
a few serial killers that's, a decade. <laughs> well, that's true. But Mike, it'd be kind of like has, I don't know, St. John's Newfoundland had a serial killer. I don't know. Maybe. But there's not a lot of people. Uh, or I maybe guess. it's that these sort of Scandinavian adjacent people are nicer than us. They're too busy having f- open and free sex to, yes. to worry about, you know, being a serial killer, you know? Yeah, maybe. If you've had 13 sexual partners in your life, the quest for blood uh, has is died down. I thought you were going to say, if you've had 13 sexual partners in your life... You might be Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever thrown a child in a dung heap, you might be Icelandic. That's my favorite joke by Joof Fuchswergen. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll pull out the evilometer. All right, be careful. Here we go. Let me just pull this thing out. All right. Also, today's episode was, uh, you know, unofficially sponsored by the Northmen by Robert Eggers. Absolutely, yeah. we're not receiving money from them, but no, we all want to see it. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I could go first. Um, thinking about how evil this guy is on a scale from one to ten, one being the least evil, ten being the most. We do it every week. I'm going to give this guy an 8.5. I mean, he killed a bunch of people. He threw them in some mud. I don't know a lot <laughs> about his motivations. And he might be sort of a Satan or some sort of demon, you know, genetically. I'll give him an 8.5. <laughs> genetically a demon. Well, so, you know, there's something going on with his bloodline. Yeah. But also, I, I, guess, I guess I didn't say it in some of the... The info, but yeah, they never knew his motive. There's never like a clear mm. motive. The Joker, wow. just the bloodlust. That's it. Yeah, Holy Mike, crap. how about you? Well, I'm gonna. I have to give two different uh, grades here, and I'll tell you why. If he was some sort of a Satan or some sort of a demon, like you mentioned, James, I'm giving him a full ten because mm. that means he's operating from uh, pure evil, from perhaps from a different dimension, maybe from hell. He's just. Uh, you know, there's nothing redeemable about him. It's just absolute malicious, you know, murder and killing. So a full mm-hmm. 10 if he is a demon man. However, if he was just a human who killed between 9 and 18 people, um, while still terrible, while still those are awful crimes, uh, I will give him an 8. Yeah. Be- because there could have been some sort of... You know, we don't know much about... It happened 500 years ago. We don't know if he had some sort mm-hmm. of traumatic childhood, if something... If he had maybe a chemical imbalance or something yeah. that drove him to do these things. So I'm going to I'm gonna give him an eight. Mm, that's Chris. an excellent, excellent yeah. point. I'm going eight, too. Yeah. Um, just because I like... I do like Mike's point about history being muddy, legend and myth, what's truth, what's... Uh, you know, fiction. Uh, also, it's not a full ten because I think he got a. He could have killed a lot more. Yeah, he could. He could have killed more. I think could've. he got tired or something. I don't know. <laughs> Started wearing people's clothes around town, riding say, yeah different people's horses into town, being like, "Can I get a can of pop?" 
<laughs> he reminds me a bit of like a Lenny character, you know, of like of Mice and Men. Like he probably wasn't too bright. He's walking around wearing his victims' clothes. Yeah. Obviously, has their horses or their you know farming yeah. implements, and he's uh, probably a little simple. Yeah, not exactly Moriarty. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> pretty much a dead giveaway that he's killing these guys. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking about classical literature comparisons. More of a Lenny than a Moriarty. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> and just an aside, I wish Lenny showed up in uh, some more Sherlock Holmes and mysteries. <laughs> hey, Mr. Holmes, I got something for you. <laughs> oh, what's that, Lenny? Oh, no, it's a dead person hung by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> mm, Lenny, please put Watson down. <laughs> Pretty Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Lenny, have I talked to you about how we need to flush after we use the loo? (laughs) (laughs) Lenny takes huge shits and leaves them in the toilet. (laughs) John Steinbeck left that out. It's my greatest case that I've cracked. I know who did that in the bathroom. (laughs) They found a huge log beside the dead body. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably Lenny. (laughs) Why why does Sherlock hang around with that guy? (laughs) Watson, take a look look at this load of dung. What do you see? It's uh, the log of an imbecile, sir. (laughs) There's potato chips in it. I think there's a crayon. <laughs> There's half a purple crayon in this poo. <laughs> I think that is is a lovely first episode of 2022. We're laughing, we're firing on all cylinders, and we're learning about a, a really dark part of history. And Iceland. Yeah. I genuinely enjoyed the thorough scope of Iceland we got to look at here. Mm-hmm. Whether it was from, you know, the vol- the active volcanoes, the geothermic uh, areas that uh, James <clears throat> um you know cl- uh told us about. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming. Yes, thanks Chris. That was very fun. We learned a lot. Well, that was a really fun episode of Evil This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.